You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Third down and three at the 35-yard line. Quarterback draw. The C's part. There goes Daniels again. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Jaden Daniels, maybe that's the great equalizer in Tuscaloosa on Saturday night as LSU visits Alabama, number 14 against number 8. We'll get into that and a couple other big matchups on Week 10's college football slate in just a couple of moments as we welcome you back into BetQL Daily here on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack in for Ed Egros. Before we wrap up this hour, our lightning bets, best bets for tonight's action, including Thursday night football and in 20 minutes, our super contest picks with a lot of really tight spreads in some of these ugly games that we've talked about. Um, It'll be interesting to see where we all go on that in about 20 minutes. But college football for the moment, let's start with Jaden Daniels and LSU against number eight Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Tide favored by three. LSU, huge upset win over Bama last year in Baton Rouge. They were 14 and a half point dogs. They won outright. I, I've said this since Labor Day weekend, guys. It is the year of the quarterback in college football. It is a lot of years the year of the quarterback, and quarterback is the first, second, third, and sometimes last thing you look at in these matchups. And for me, that's what this matchup is. It's Jaden Daniels, Jalen Milrow, and it's why I have a very strong LSU lean in this one. The only thing that gives me pause is it is on the road in Tuscaloosa, Joe. Um, but LSU getting three in what I think is going to be a field goal game, and they've got the better quarterback. Um, it's hard not to lean LSU in this situation. Much better quarterback. I mean, we know the story with the Bayou Bengals that they have an elite offense, and the defense is horrendous. And Alabama, they don't have a defense that's as top-notch as they typically are, but it's strong. It's strong, and we know the the quarterback is the problem over there in Alabama. And they're putting Melrose in a position where he's not going to hurt them, right? And and they've been able to do that. But are they going to be able to do that once we get to – in this matchup, are they going to be playing from behind? How that – and if we get to that point, how is that going to look? I agree with that look of – plus three LSU on the road here. But even though it's a very subpar crimson offense, are they going to be able to do enough because LSU's defense is so bad? Where can they get to on the scoreboard? I don't think they're going to be able to catch up bottom line with LSU. So I, th- I think that's a strong look. I mean, there are some 
metrics that, that would suggest that this is the number one offense in the nation. While people talk a lot about those Pac-12 offenses and those quarterbacks that are expected to go very high in the draft, that this is really the best offense, at least efficiency-wise. So I, I do like LSU getting the field goal. Little concerned about it being on the road, but you know, Bama, they've won. They've won their home games and they've done what they were supposed to do. But again, it's it's not the dominant team that many of us are used to. Well, I thought maybe I would regret this pick, uh, LSU plus three, but it seems like you guys like it too. Uh-oh. LSU's defense is terrible. Uh, it's so weird because for so long, LSU was known for their defense and now they have the best offense, right? Like things have certainly changed, but LSU could let Jalen Milrow run all over them. And I could be regretting this, but the LSU offense is just so good. And I think Jaden Daniels has an opportunity to go into Tuscaloosa on Saturday and really make a name for himself in this Heisman race. So I will be on LSU here. I think they can keep this close within a field goal. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Heisman race. He's all the way up to third uh, at BetMGM now, plus 450, mm-hmm. Jaden Daniels. He's got the best quarterback rating in the country. It's up over 200, better even than Michael Penix Jr., who's the favorite still for the Heisman, at plus 275. J.J. McCarthy between the two at 3-1. to one. But this is the kind of opportunity. I mean, LSU has kind of just been lurking since the Florida State opener. And they're lurking and they're lurking. And the SEC is about as open as it can get in either division. Like, I I, I still think there's an opportunity for Missouri to put a a big scare into Georgia this weekend, even if it is in Athens. That's probably a conversation for later if we have time. But on the West side, LSU-Bama is always the game that decides the SEC West. I don't think that's going to change. And I think LSU rises to the occasion and at the very least covers the three And if Bama wins, it's in some sort of walk-off fashion. You mentioned the Pac-12. This is a big one for Washington. I I get the feeling increasingly, especially after the initial CFP rankings, guys, that if you want to go to the CFP from the Pac-12, it's really going to have to be an undefeated Washington team or nobody. Unless there's multiple losses in the top four. Like, aside from just Michigan-Ohio State loser, maybe falls out the Michigan Ohio State loser may not fall out of the playoff either that's something to consider if we get a tight game so if Washington wants to have a legit shot at jumping into the top top four should there be a loss in the top four or based on the outcome of the big game between Ohio State and Michigan they've got to keep it rolling USC's defense is awful mm-hmm. it's just terrible and I think Penix Jr. really gets fully back on Heisman track in this one on Saturday Washington laying three and a half at the Coliseum. The total 76 and a half. Wow. Whoa. 76 and a half, Joe. And that might be too low. Yeah, (laughs) it probably will be. I mean, we almost had a a hundred point game with USC last week. And that was Cal. That was Cal. That was was not the Huskies. Uh, The Sharps are on the Trojans. I'm a little, I wouldn't say shocked, but yeah, the sharp betters are on the Trojans and and look at the direction that this is going. Yeah, these are two high profile offenses and they've been great. Now you can run on Washington and USC does have that ability. I know everybody thinks about Caleb Williams, but they are pretty good at running the football. 
Penix, he has an interception in now three straight games. So I guess I understand that play. It's just so hard for me to trust USC in any sense. How do you do it? Like, you have 49 left. They could have lost. It was a two-point conversion attempt, and that's why they, they held on and they won at the very end against Cal. Uh, they had a massive lead going into – it looked like they were pulling away going into that fourth quarter, and then they let – their defense is so pathetic. They just let Cal right back in the game. So you would think that Washington's going to get back on track here. I, I'm really torn on this one, guys. I, I love to have a strong opinion, but I don't. And it's probably going to be – I could easily see where last pos- possession ends up deciding it. And the total's probably the angle to go after. I do have a strong opinion, and it's Washington right. minus three. Penix rises to the occasion. See what I did there? Yes, I am very <laughs> immature. But Washington is looking – <laughs> to get that spot. Do you have your full attention? Playoff. <laughs> <laughs> um, in all seriousness, he has to step up his game, and all eyes are going to be watching. This is a perfect opportunity. It's a tight spread, but I think there is a bit of a mismatch with Washington's passing offense and USC's <laughs> pass defense, and I think Penix has a big game. <laughs> well, I mean... It is going to be played between six and midnight. So, I mean, oh my God, you guys. All right. This is quite possible that he, uh, that he rises to the occasion. Yes. Yes, I just want to reinforce to everyone that I just came in here looking to, you know, be a good old fashioned fill in guy for a couple of days. And you two have dragged me down away from my high morals and standards that I've always held. It's going to be be a lot of scoring in this game. (laughs) Oh, man. There is. Uh, Anyone going to go over? Going to go over? You can find a 75 and a half out there. I I don't see it going under. I'll be honest. That's a lot. That's a lot. But is it? I I mean, is there any way this isn't like a 48-45, 45-42 kind of game? Like, I don't. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I, I think we're over like with eight, nine, ten minutes left in this game. It, right. it, especially it, it could. And the other angle is it could be a Washington runaway. Now, that may actually hamper the total. If, if we get to, you know, if we get to, I, I don't know, 48-21, right? And it's, you know, six, seven minutes left in the game. And Washington looks to take the air out of the football and just kind of coast on in into the pits and and get their dub um that could that could slow it down but i i i foresee a lot of points in this one and yeah i I, that's that's why i said i think 76 and a half might be too low uh which is wild but it it might be um big 12 wanted to touch on this one real quick uh because Mm -hmm. texas is now back to having the inside line on the top spot in the big 12 with oklahoma's loss Number 23, Kansas State, goes into Austin. Number seven, Longhorns, favored, but only by four. Um, they they got by without Quinn Ewers last week. Let's put it that way. Malik Murphy was good enough, 16 to 25, 170 yards, a couple touchdowns and a pick. Um, Kansas State is – they're one of those second-tier teams, and I don't mean that as like some kind of crazy pejorative or or – uh, knock against Kansas State. There's just there's four or five teams in the Big 12 that you look at and go, oh well, they could somehow sneak into the Big 12 championship game and ruin things for Oklahoma uh, or even Texas. 
Um, but that's about as far as they go. They're just not there on that level with Texas, even with a backup quarterback in this one, Joe. I like Texas laying the four at home. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I wonder if this number is a little short because people are looking at what K-State has done, even though the opponents have lacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last two games, they've outscored yeah. teams 82 to 3, 82 to 3. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's where I would look in that in that matchup. Don't have a strong play on it, but uh, that's where I would go. I want to I want to hit on Notre Dame Clemson. Um, yeah. Notre Dame favored by three on the road. And I know the sharp guys are, it sounds like they're on Clemson home dog getting three. It's been a disaster of a season for Clemson with a four and four record. Now, look, I don't, I don't know how they made this schedule, but for them in the middle of the season, for Dabo to have three game, three road games in four weeks, I was like, and then you're surprised that you, you go through all of these struggles. If we look at those losses, that Florida state game in overtime, that was a coin toss. The Miami double overtime game. That was a coin toss situation. They were a flat out no show first game of the year. Uh, that was a Monday night game, I believe, against Duke. We, we all recall that one. And then there was last week. It felt like after last week, people were like, okay, I'm totally out on this team. We could make a case before, but now I'm done. The market could not be lower on Clemson. And it feels like the market could not be higher on, on Notre Dame. Last week, they just demolished Pitt. Boy, Chris, by the way, I got a few things for your fan that fan base there. Not your fan base, that fan base. I, I was there at the game all weekend. So I was dealing with oh. Pitt fans for, for a couple of days. Oh, I had no idea, man. <laughs> They're a bitter people, bunch. They are. They're out of their minds. Like, I had no idea. And then for the game, you forgot that they were there because they they didn't put up a point until it was like 51 to yeah. nothing but uh but all weekend you what certainly are they noticed like? that they were there okay so obnoxious i got there i got there friday night and the kids wanted to go a little bit early hang out with their friends because we, we were staying with the family we always stay stay with we're close friends the kids are all friends and uh they wanted to see the other teams which is cool like it's, it's pretty much wide open you, you got women's volleyball going on i checked that out i was cool staying there nerd aim against miami then we walked across the street because my son wanted to watch the soccer game so i i sat behind a pit fan oh my god this guy was out of his mind he was cussing out the soccer team for an hour straight he was ripping Whoa. them to shreds about everything they were doing they're going off about the football team like all these pit fans are just mad about everything they, they brought they had a 20-minute conversation about chris blewett the former kicker just like mm-hmm. just tearing into him it was just, joe if the pinnacle if the pinnacle of your program <laughs> over the last 40 years was Pat Narduzzi and Kenny Pickett in a fake slide against Wake Forest, you'd be bitter and angry too. Oh, they talked about that too. And then, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at the bar on Saturday. So for those that haven't been there at the backer, there's this rusty pole in the middle and people get drunk and decide to do things to this rusty pole. And let me tell you, the pit fans were licking it all night. Just oh. licking this room, <laughs> basically kissing each other. It was so is a disgusting display by your people, Chris. <laughs> my people, my people. I'm a Penn State guy. My people. 
Thank God Michael Penix <laughs> wasn't there with the rusty pole. It would have really uh, gotten out of control. It, oh! okay. it was bad. It was bad. Um, with all that said, I get back to this Mitch Evans injury out for the season for Notre Dame, their leading receiver, the tight end. Notre Dame always has a great tight end. That's rough. Um, it feels like it's a buy low spot on Clemson, sell high a little yeah. bit on Notre Dame. I'm okay with Clemson in the plus three, and this is coming from a Notre Dame fan. Yeah, I just wonder if Dabo's kind of lost control and it's spiraling and if he can get it back at this point. BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, NFL Super Contest spreads are out. We'll try and narrow down our favorite plays for this week next, right here on the BetQL Network. And welcome back to BetQL Daily. Chris Mack in for Ed Egros alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. We are presented by BetMGM and live coast-to-coast on the BetQL network, of course, in your Odyssey app. You can take us with you wherever you're going, whatever you're up to today, unless your phone is broken like Joe's, uh, in which case get your phone fixed and then download the free <laughs> Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Can't even or do that. Just watch can't even show. do that. No, can't even, can't even do that. Uh, or just watch the show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL or YouTube slash Odyssey Sports. Uh, we are with you. Right up until noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. Lightning bets coming up. They're just right around the corner. And super contest picks. This is not, we should just call them contest picks because <laughs> this slate is not, there's nothing super about this slate. I mean, the you, you've got the three longer spreads uh, in Baltimore, Seattle, Cleveland, Arizona, New Orleans, Chicago, all three of which I go, ugh. Um, I got a feeling about the outcome, but certainly not about the spreads. And then it's really a bunch of short numbers, Joe. So where are you looking first? What do you like? Well, the first uh, spot I'm going to is uh, Sunday morning in Germany. But so the Chiefs are going today. I don't like that. Mm. It's kind of making me rethink things. The The Dolphins have been hanging out there for a couple of days. They left on Monday. So apparently the Chiefs are going today. Maybe part of that was making sure that Mahomes is 100% healthy. Maybe they made an adjustment after he was obviously sick with the flu last week. But for the purpose of this conversation here on Thursday morning, we'll see if it changes on the Friday show. But I I still like the Chiefs. The number is coming down a little bit, which I do find interesting. When it was two and a half, I assumed that it was going to get to three at some point in the week. But no, that's not happening. It's It's heading in the opposite direction, maybe because of the travel, because we've seen teams that get early, get acclimated, uh, have some success over the years, and then the Chiefs are the team that's that's leaving late, and the Dolphins left the morning after uh, their Sunday night football, their Sunday game. But I'm going to go with the Chiefs in a bounce back spot here. Until I see the Dolphins take down a top contender, I'm not going to buy in all the way. I'll bet on them in a week to week basis in a number of ways against teams that they're going to dominate and run up the score on. I'm good with that. But when they play up against these top teams that are, you know, Bills. Eagles, Chiefs here, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, favorites in international games have been dominant over the years. I'm going with the Chiefs, minus one and a half. Uh rest of these are all underdogs. It's kind of interesting because oh, we have yeah. so many teams at home that are favorites this week, but um, the Seahawks are getting too many points, guys. We're getting six. That's mm-hmm. the number that we got here. Lamar is really good as an underdog, as a favorite. Not so much. And when you look at a lot of the the Seahawks metrics, they do pop. And they had 6.6 yards per play against the best defense in football last week. 
Now, what I do find a little concerning is they have played a very soft schedule. So how much do you truly trust some of the numbers up to this point? And I think that's baked into the number, and that's why the number is six. So I'm going to take the Seahawks plus six. This is going to be a one-score game. Uh, We talked about that uh, Packers-Rams matchup at length earlier in the show. Uh, So no surprise that I'm on the Rams plus three. McVay's going to be able to uh, help ripping out and – to I trust love laying points and I don't even know that there's a home field at that point the the idea of Packers fans booing their starting quarterback is quite amusing to me but that's where we are with Green Bay thank God thank God we're not having the conversation oh here we go another Hall of Fame quarterback three in a row you know um I love it I think the Rams are going to be able to at, at the very least keep this close they have the better receivers they have the better coach uh give me Rams plus three the reaction on the commander's trades is too much for me. And I think now that we, we have value over on the commando side, just you know, young and sweat. I, I get it. And they're the best players that they have on defense, but we keep acting like this was a shutdown defense. It has not been that in the least. And now Mac Jones is laying more than a field goal. I don't care where they're playing. Howell's offense did put up 472 yards of offense on the Eagles last week, so they should be able to score enough. This is going to be probably a one-possession game either way. Three and a half, that's too much for the Patriots. Give me Washington. And for the last one right now on Thursday morning, I'm going to Monday night. I'm going to jump ahead. Okay, really? We've got the Chargers as a field goal favorite on the road. I'm not buying into that one. They were not challenged last week against the Bears, but let's not overreact. The the Jets have a much better defense than the Bears. Zach Wilson has been playing better of late. He's not turning the ball over. That's the big difference from previous seasons. And they, they struggle early, the Jets do in these games, and the Chargers struggle late. So I can see where, where they fall behind by more than a field goal, but in the end, they're going to cover the spread. So I do like the Jets plus three almost had a play on bills Bengals, not quite there yet didn't crack the top five but i've got kc seattle la rams commandos and the jets jets all right sounds good all right so i'm gonna we're gonna be going against each other in one of these right. here i am going i know which to one be on i already know i already know what which one Tell i'm me. guessing baltimore yeah we're going to start there because you <laughs> okay. and JLC have used the term punching down. And that's what I think the Seahawks have done. They have been they have. punching down. They lost to the Bengals. They beat the Browns by only four and the Browns. Are they any good? What? I mean, their defense is, but I don't know how impressive that is. They also beat the lions in overtime this season, but many would argue they should have lost that game. So I think the Ravens are quietly becoming one of the best teams in the AFC. When I covered the Cowboys, Bill Parcells was there. And he would always say, remember November. It's all about what you do in November. (laughs) So we'll find out who this Ravens team is. But uh, I think we might be remembering November when it comes to Baltimore. And I I just think this is going to be a physical game, but I think they can cover this spread. Um, So Ravens minus six. That's where I'm going there. All right, let's talk about Las Vegas. Minus one and a half. A lot of people were fired. A lot of things happened. New quarterback in. But I think 
that a lot of people in positions of power had to have gone to Devonte Adams and to get somewhat of his approval in this situation. Mm. And he must have said something about Aiden O'Connell for them to be going to him. He must have said something for them to make these changes. So I've got to believe this is a Devonte game. And this is also a really good spot to back the Raiders minus one and a half against the Giants. A lot of home teams I have here. Chargers okay. at Jets. So Justin Herber, Austin Eckler, they looked really good against the Bears last week. Not sure how much that says. But somehow you look at the Jets after everything that's happened, the injuries, and Robert Salah has this team playing very well. I think they're exceeding expectations. They obviously have one of the best defenses. And Zach Wilson, yeah, he's been struggling. So has the offense. But I still think that their head coach will find a way to win. Um, so yeah, plus three and a half for the Jets. I think they can win outright. I'm also going to go to the Texans. You know, I can't resist. Probably won't have a Nico Collins bet here, but CJ Stroud, Will Anderson, they have been huge for this young Texans team. Uh, they are coming off a loss, but I think they get, they're back home now. They've got the Bucks, who have been struggling offensively. So I like the Texans minus two and a half here. And of course, the Cowboys and Eagles. So I wouldn't uh, be surprised if they split here, but I will be backing Eagles minus three. This one's at home for Philly. Perhaps Dallas has been really good at home. I think later this season when Philly's at Dallas, they'll probably end up splitting when it's all said and done. But I'm getting Eagles minus three. I think, I just think this is a good spot. I can see um, Jalen Hurts having a big game. They're at home. I just like this matchup here for the Eagles, and it's only minus three. I mean, I think they could win by a couple touchdowns here. All right, there you go. Ravens, Raiders, Jets, Texans, and Eagles. We've got four favorites, one dog. Everybody's at home, right? All five of those? Yeah, that is interesting. Wait, Raiders yeah. is minus one, one and a half, one and a half. I believe. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, and the Jets is three plus three. Only dog That's I took was the Jets. Yep. All right, All I'll right, throw a couple good. out here. Um, when we wait for Chris, um, I'm with you on the Seahawks. With you, Joe, on the Seahawks. I gave it on lightning bets yesterday. Uh, I think this is a yep. field goal game at, at most. So, Seahawks. By the way, these are two of the top defenses, the two top defenses in EPA per play over the past month. So that tells me it could be a lower scoring game, could be a closer game. I want to live in a world one of these days where everything goes right for the Seahawks in the red zone. Can only imagine if that finally actually happens. But I do think this is a closer game. So give me the Seahawks plus six. Mm -hmm. The late travel also has me wary of Kansas City. But man, when do we get this number on the Chiefs? And we've seen the Dolphins in this spot twice against the Bills, against the Eagles, and they did not show up. So with you on the Chiefs, minus one and a half. Uh, Aaron, I'm on, a, I'm on the opposite, opposite side of you with the Bucks plus two and a half. I wish it was three. Uh, definitely be a play on three. I think it's a good teaser like as well. But I do yes. think strong defense like the Bucks. Uh, it's it's definitely in consideration. I just think this is a close game. And honestly, teams like the Bucks, the Falcons, the Falcons more so, but that's a team that like, it's always been one and a half, two, and it lands like right on one or two. I could see this game and, uh, you know, landed on a two. I think one of those Falcons Texans game was a game that landed on one or two. Um, 
So maybe two is a new three in this game. Uh, I guess I'm opposite with you, Aaron, again. Uh, and I know, Joe, you're I think, on the, <laughs> leaning the I think, Joe, you're on the opposite side as well. I'm on the Cowboys. I'm huh. the Cowboys plus three. Um, I think that the Dak, by the way, really good history against the Eagles, three straight, eight and three all time. Um, so I think this is just back and forth game. Uh, Eagles def- worst run def- Eagles defense. We've talked about it as a good thing. Hasn't been as strong over the past month. So maybe Tony Pollard gets going. Uh, Jake Ferguson against the Eagles defense. Logan Thomas uh, had a pretty good game last week. Again, we like that defense against the commanders last week, a little bit concerning, uh, but I will take, I think this is a coin flip game. I'll take the three. Yeah. And then right. I'm with you. I'm with you on the Jets. This team, this defense oh is built to to beat teams like this, passing first teams. I don't think Eckler's going to get going in the passing game the way we saw last week. So Jets plus three, I definitely think they're live in the game. And then a couple others that didn't make the cut. Minnesota, I want to take the five. That's the contest number. But it's a little tough to pull the trigger with Jaron Hall. Hall, some might yeah. say. Uh, oh Patriots. Patriots minus three. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right, Joe. Relax. Uh, Patriots minus three. I didn't make up the segment. Uh, (laughs) Patriots. You guys. No matter how I said it, no matter how I said it, you guys would make it a thing. No way. Uh, I definitely bet the Patriots inside a field goal earlier in the week. I can't ever, I can't go to bat for <laughs> minus three and a half, but I do think that's a higher scoring game. I agree with Charge. Like, I've got Mac Jones and uh, some Patriots receiver props circled for that game against the terrible oh, Washington gosh. defense. And then Mac I know. Jones How could that... is back. <laughs> we saw it. We I saw want it to text Joe G so one. bad, but I can't. So right? do I. <laughs> We'll do it after Mac Jones has his 300-yard game on Sunday. Um, yeah, and then, again, with a three would be the Panthers, but the contest line is two and a half, so can't really pull the trigger there. Um, Giants be a teaser leg, but not playing them at one and a half against the Raiders either. All right, so uh, of your five, I find this hilarious. We didn't even talk this over. We landed on three yeah. same sides. We oh, we're back. It's like good old times. <laughs> we put, we picked our top five independently, and we picked the same side, and we put them in our top five on three of them. Wow. That's pretty interesting. The three that we agree with, Casey, Seattle, Jets, go three for three on the show. Yeah. That scares me between the three of us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the handicap makes perfect sense. The one that I thought about that I kind of want to do, we'll see. It might get there tomorrow. I want to go Bills. I really want Ooh. to. Is that two and a half or yeah. three, the contest number? Contest is two. Two. Which, yeah. Still, that seems like egregious overreaction. I was a five-point dog to the Niners mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, I'm with yep. you there. Also, last week it was Hamlet. Buffalo. It's one and a half. It was one and a half yeah. last week. Buffalo. Yeah. I we also just keep waiting field, for Josh Allen. And the Bills to be good and, like, take off. I trust a healthier Joe Burrow more than I trust Josh Allen. The Bills have not covered their last four games. How long is this going to go? All his favorites, right? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it was Tampa, New England, Giants, Jacksonville. 
my point is I wouldn't bet on that keep happening. I'm not right. saying that we should be fading them. I'm saying that that run is going to end. Lightning bets are favorite plays of the day. Coming up next, you're listening to BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM. And welcome back into BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. I'm Chris Mack, still filling in for Ed Egros, even though technology tried to conspire against me there for a few moments. That was not <laughs> me just trying to get out of the Superbook power rankings because there are so few spreads I like this week. I promise that wasn't it. Alongside Joe O and Aaron Hawksworth, it's time for lightning bets, my friends. Let's go. And on a Thursday night in the NFL... I feel like we're going to go heavy on Steelers-Titans, a game that, let's be honest, yeah. is not does not project to be all that pretty, but there's stuff to bet on. Most bet tickets, at least as far as props go, right now at MGM. Derrick Henry to score the first touchdown is plus 650. Derrick Henry, anytime TD, even money. Keanu Neal, over five and a half tackles and assists, minus 110. 99% of the bets are on over. Huh. Neil, a part of that safety solution, maybe with Minka Fitzpatrick out. Uh, a chance, though, we see Pat Pete, Patrick Peterson, maybe playing a little safety tonight, though, too. Mike Tomlin alluded mm. to that earlier in the week. DeAndre Hopkins, over 53 and a half receiving yards at minus 120. 99% of the bets are on over there. Derrick Henry. Of course. Aaron told us about this yesterday. It's over 70 and a half <laughs> rushing yards now at minus 115. We'll see if the return of Cam Hayward to the Steelers' defensive line helps their rush defense at all. But, Joe, uh, get us started. What do you got for lightning bets tonight? All right. Uh, Can you share one? You had five written down for the segment, so you might as well share one side that you really like. Share one. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, minus two against Buffalo. Ooh, love Joe Shiesty and the boys are starting to cook. They're starting to figure some things out. He's back to 100% health. I like them to take care of business against Buffalo. Can't wait for that game. Get one. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take a deep dive into that game tomorrow. You won't want to miss it. Uh, Maybe you want to miss tonight's game. Maybe you want to miss Thursday (laughs) night football. I'll I'll be there. Chris will be there. We'll have the full breakdown tomorrow. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how Will Levis looks. Both quarterbacks end up looking, but it's a low total game. Uh, But at least we're at 37. I was considering, do you go first half under? That's a very popular play in these Thursday matchups, especially when you have a couple of poor offenses. It's only 17, 17 and a half. You typically get at least into the 20s, 17, one dumb turnover, and that could be dead. So that concerns me a little bit. Uh, Trends-wise, if you're into this sort of thing, when you have such a low total, the under typically hits in a short week on Thursday. And I expect that to happen. The splash plays for Will Levis, I know Fitzpatrick's out, but I don't see them being there on the road in second straight game. No, I'm not buying into that. I'm going to go under 37 for the game, guys. And great look on Spears. The Titans are a smart team. Vrabel running the show. They're not going to put, they're going to at least try not to. Sometimes game script forces things, but they're going to try not to put Levis in a position where he's just slinging it all over Heinz Field. So they're going to lean on that run game and both guys 
and at 18 and a half rushing yards for Spears. I like that more than everybody all in on the Henry overs. And by the time this thing kicks off, it wouldn't shock me if that goes up another five yards because everybody's going to be thinking that and they're all already betting uh, the over on Henry. But Spears is the sharper look because as Chris pointed out, he's getting more looks than people expect. So I get, so I like that one. Uh, The sports book that usually offers uh, multiple touchdown bet, multiple interception bets, like two plus or three plus that's down for me right now. So I don't have odds on it. I'm curious what the number is on Levis with at least two interceptions. Cause I'm going to consider, consider that one. But uh, for lightning bets, we'll go game under and we'll go spears over on rushing yards. Love it. I'll try to see if I can find that interceptions for you as well. So I am thinking, you know, since the Titans are struggling, you know, with their pass defense, that I am going to take a look at who's going to have a big game, Deontay Johnson, or will it be Pickens? I will go Johnson. So I'll do over on his receiving yards, 57 and a half. And over on his receptions, it was five and a half, right? I thought I bet that earlier yeah. in the show. Five and a half at plus five, money. Too, yeah, it is. Five and a half. Yep. At, yeah. at BetMGM. So it's actually plus 120. So that's awesome. Go. I will be on those two. I already bet the Henry yesterday at 72 and a half and the number came down. So I'll just stick with that one. That's all I got. Paul? I'll let Chris go. Chris, did you give yours? Oh, you let me sorry. go. He no. did not. No, you're sorry. good. You're good. You're good. I feel it, bad. Aaron was sorry just preparing for my internet to drop out again. That's okay. Um, <laughs> so we, we've, we've crowdsourced a, a couple of these, and I, I like them. I like the Deontay Johnson receptions prop over five and a half because, like I said, I think the Titans are going to use Sean Murphy bunting to try and take George Pickens out of the game as much as they can. That leaves Deontay Johnson in advantageous situations, and Kenny Pickett will lean into that. Uh, anytime he feels rushed. Again, no Pat Fryermuth for another week. So he'll go to the security blanket at this point, which is Deontay Johnson. And it's plus money over five and a half receptions, as Aaron said. So I'll go with that. We mentioned Tajay Spears over. It's 20 and a half now, 19 and a half. I know Charge said earlier he found it 18 and a half. Go shop around. Mm-hmm. Find the lowest total that you can on Tajay Spears rushing yards and take the over. Because um, I do think if, if the Titans know what they're doing, they're not going to try to put this game on Will Levis's shoulders. They're going to try and I mean, and again, the Steelers, twenty seventh best run defense in the in the league. It's spelled out for the Titans how to control this game, squeeze the air out of the ball, and slow this game down to a crawl. And Spears will be a part of that. He's averaging five point eight yards a carry, so it only takes you four carries maybe to get that number. Um, I do think. The Steelers, if they were smart, would go with Joey Porter Jr. in his first career start one-on-one with DeAndre Hopkins. Let the kid play Mm -hmm. physical against Hopkins, who is a physical receiver. See if he can't take him out of the game. They won't. They probably won't have him follow Hopkins all over the field to their own detriment because I think Porter's ready for that. Um, But... DeAndre Hopkins at some point is going to score. There won't be a lot of touchdowns in this game. He will score the the one touchdown. I think the Tennessee scores here tonight. Plus 150, a Hopkins anytime touchdown. I like that. And I like a sprinkle on a Steelers defensive touchdown at plus 280. 
Um, that's been the key to them is big turnovers, whether it was a scoop and score against the Browns by Alex Highsmith, whether it was uh, a big pick by T.J. Watt in the first play of the second half against the Rams. When they've won games, uh, Joey Porter Jr. intercepting Lamar Jackson in the end zone uh, as the Ravens were driving for a go-ahead score. They've come up with big plays when they've needed them to to win games. That's how they've won games. So I like a Steelers defensive touchdown as well. Sprinkle on that at plus 280. Now, Paul, your turn, my friend. I am with you guys on Spears. I'm going to go... I like. I mean, it's a great number on the rushing. If you go rush plus receiving, there's some interesting value on the board, especially the way the Jags used Travis Etienne last week against the Steelers. 50-plus is plus 160 rush plus receiving, 75-plus. That's a pretty big game. But, again, they could go up and down the field screen game as well against those pass rushers beating down on Will Levis. So you go up and down the field a little bit, not necessarily a high-scoring game. 75-plus is plus 550, so I'll be sprinkling a few of those. But the official lightning bet, rush plus receiving over 37-and-a-half. Uh, also, touchdown in a low-scoring game like this, I'll play touchdown and the first touchdown. Good numbers on both. Spears, plus 360. Anytime touchdown, 15-1 to for a first touchdown. And then cleanse me your expertise here. But Connor Hayward, Hayward had five targets last week. And, you know, he has been more of a target. Friermuth, not, he's not in the mix, correct? So, at right. 16 to 1 for a first touchdown, 4 to 1 uh, for an anytime touchdown. Those are a couple of looks there. And I like the D. Uh, I mean, who am I kidding? I'll probably play the defense last touchdown on both sides. I know you will. <laughs> I know you will. Love what it. about, uh, Chris, is there a chance that Jalen Warren is first touchdown? Do they go Absolutely. as much early? Um, the- yeah. They, they, I mean, thir- think of any kind of passing situation. Third, he is their true third down back. Um, there's always a chance that they get down there in the red zone inside the ten, and it's a third down situation. Third and goal from the seven. Third and goal from the six. Ideal spot for Matt Canada to dial up some sort of weird uh, dump off to Warren out of the backfield, or even a draw. And he sneaks in. They tried to go to Connor Hayward, Paul, to your point, on second down and goal last week on a little inside pitch. Um, they tried to get too cute, which Matt Canada will do sometimes. But there's no reason that maybe they didn't like the play, but not like the look that they got in that situation from Jacksonville. Maybe they get the look they like against Tennessee, and they go back to that for whatever reason. Darnell Washington, who they got in the third round, has not. he only played 10 snaps last week at tight end despite Friar Mute's injury. Um, doesn't make a ton of sense to a lot of us, but Connor Hayward has been the top tight end with Friar Muth out. So yeah, I like Jalen Warren, Joe, and uh, Connor Hayward, a little sprinkle on that for a touchdown as well. But this is a game that could seriously end up 17-15, and there's 10 field right. goals and a safety. I mean, this is, <laughs> it, it, this is a really intriguing game for no touchdowns. I know. I looked at first quarter yeah. under seven, and it was like minus 130, but I still kind of want to bet it. Maybe we yeah. should have looked at field goal props. That might yeah. be the luck. That's a good These... call. Uh, I could see it. Fr- frisky, yeah. frisky Jakob, uh, what do you have for us? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Where's the skull um, cap? I only... <laughs> I only have one and thing for tonight. Stick. Levis over 36 and a half for the longest completion. Just throw it up. 
Hopkins is down there somewhere. And as this is famously my last day for the week, and I will not be back until Tuesday, a couple things over the weekend, Arizona, Cleveland, under 37 and a half, PJ Walker and Clayton Toon, like, are, are you serious? So I'm going to lay the one with the Chiefs versus Miami. The Chiefs have absolutely just botched every single big test they've had against the Bills and the Eagles. I think that continues. I'm going to go with the Bengals as well. I'm going to tail Chris Mack on that. And then I'm going to lay the two and a half with the Texans less than a field goal. It's Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield on the road. But that's it. Wait, we need a full What's segment for your NYC trip. Like, how did I have you my cousin's wedding this weekend, America? brother. Oh, darn. Okay. Yeah, brother. <laughs> Jakob goes to New York City. Yeah, Times Square. Yeah. <laughs> Beer gets big and poofy. It's Brooklyn, actually. Brooklyn. All right, we'll be back tomorrow at 9 Eastern right here on the BeckQL Network. This has been BeckQL Daily.